Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Josh Brown, this is the wind-up. Usually I don't do a regular intro, but I'm going to do it, goddammit. Look how far we've come. Look at us. <laughs> we've got a proper intro and everything now. No preamble. Who would have thought? into it. I know, a proper official introduction for the wind-up podcast. I'm Scott Tilford. That's Josh Brown. Good morning, Scott Tilford. We're sitting a bit closer because, funnily enough, we're going to take a segment of this podcast and put it up on the YouTube channel. So go over there and watch the video version of us as well, sitting recording this thing, because why not share, you know, the big enough talking points in video form? Well, this is it. We thought we're going to cover spoilers, but Sony showcase which yes. has been heavily rumored and has a bunch of games that have apparently leaked for it and we thought instead of just doing the same thing twice doing an extended podcast talk on it and then a little news video on it <laughs> why not just make the extended good hopefully podcast chat the news itself we've got yes. this nice studio that we never film yet we record it all the time <laughs> why not see if people like this and hopefully they do <laughs> they will I'm sure they will there's so many TVs and things to set up in this room but we did it there's lovely graphics for you to see, come to the video version, see that thing. Though we should say, we appreciate everyone listening now because this yes. bit won't be on YouTube. We're only... Oh, not on YouTube. Not yeah. on YouTube. No. Only only you get to listen to our absolute <laughs> <laughs> bile at the start of these podcasts while we try to figure out in real time uh, That's how what the people it. want. That is what people want. Hitting the, hitting the record button and figure it out in real time. <laughs> so, uh, wind up is always whatever we're playing, whatever's going on in the industry, the talking points, etc. And the biggest thing, like Josh said, is the Sony Showcase. Um, seemingly at the end of May, but we'll get to that in good time. We thought we'd still open on the things we're playing. Um, I can't talk about the thing I'm playing, but I can reveal that I've been playing a hell of a lot of Tears of the Kingdom. Is that right? Yeah, I can only cover things that have already been released. So the trailers are good, aren't they? <laughs> They've got trailers <laughs> they, like nobody's business. They look pretty good. Yeah. Scott Tillman, pretty decent Zelda's trailers. in there, Link's in there. I'm so excited for the end of this week when you can finally tell me everything about yes. this game. Though only after I've played it myself. Yes, you definitely need to get stuck into it. This game is very much a pool and everybody should go play in it and swim in it and then talk to me about the way they swam. That was lovely and diplomatic. I Thank like you. the way you've navigated that. I, I'm, yeah, one of the, I can't say anything specific and I don't want to say anything specific. I will just say I am fascinated by this game and I can't wait for people to experience it. I know that's vague as hell, um, but you, I just want to see what, I want to know what the critics think of it. I want to know what the general discourse is at the end of the, the week. I want to see what people think. I want to know what you think. Um, and then I want to see all the gameplay clips because it's, uh, I've not kept up with any of the preview stuff whatsoever. I just watched the initial couple of trailers um, and then thankfully they gave us a, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, um, which is awesome. And so I've been working through that, but I, I just can't wait to see what the world makes 
mix of this game. This right. is one of the weirdest games I've ever had to review. Um, and I will leave it at that. What a lovely kind of era we're in right mm. now. I feel like we're back-to-back major releases that I just can't wait to talk about from Resi to Tears of the Kingdom, mm. which I'm excited to jump into. Almost like there's too many games. But, Scott Tilford, <laughs> I can definitely talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I know yes. I briefly mentioned it last week on the podcast where I had played five or six hours. Mm. I'm now 32 hours into this game. Ooh, and have you left Kobo yet? Sure. <laughs> I finally left Kobo. <laughs> the first planet's a doozy. Ironically, I'm back on Kobo now. I really? went to finish everything off there. Yeah, the first planet is a doozy. Mm. All the planets in this game are a doozy. There's not many of them, but are, they are so packed with content. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm 32 hours into this game, I think, is testament to the size of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot said, rightly so, about the technical problems that the game has had at launch across mm-hmm. all of the different versions. But it's crazy to me that they've made a game this dense with content in three and a half years or whatever it is. It's such a step up mechanically and from a visual presentation as well. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the content that's in there, it's so varied and it's so dense and it's so packed in there that it's just been an absolute joy to play. I hesitate to say this (laughs) due to the issues that it has and with still being a few missions away from completion. Mm -hmm. But I'm tempted to give this a five-star rating, Scott Hilford. I'm loving it so much. It's a, yeah, a lot of people, the more they play through, I was looking at Ryan McCaffrey's tweet, uh, IGN's Ryan, McCaff- Ryan McCaffrey saying, he's in that beautiful sweet spot in the middle where you have no idea where the end is, yeah. and you've left the tutorial so if you have all your abilities, and it's like, that's the best part of a game, yes. when you just end- enjoy the whole middle chunk of it. Um, you had a hell of a saga with this game over the weekend, though, where well, they tried to eat your save and then spat it back out again. This is it. This is why I feel like it, it, it wants to hurt me for mm. enjoying it. Not only <laughs> does it freak out when I touch a tiny bit of water in the game because the Still frame doing rate that. drops Still doing that. I want to say something about the frame rate in a bit. Yeah. In, in the cutscenes themselves, also drop frames, which is really frustrating mm. when you have these lushly choreographed lightsaber battles, for instance, and yet the frame rate is like 10 frames per second in That's the cutscenes. That's a shame. But also, it ate my save. <laughs> it was the bank holiday weekend uh, over in the UK, mm-hmm. and all I wanted to do, because I had the house to myself on Friday night, so all I wanted to do was jump into Jedi Survivor and play it all night. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when I opened Jedi Survivor and loaded my save, the PS5 crashed, and then it crashed again. And then it kept crashing every single time I tried to load the save. So I looked online for fixes. One was rebuild the database of the PS5. So I I did that. that. Still crashed. Mm -hmm. One was start a new game, which you could do, and then reload the old save. Did that. It also crashed. I uninstalled the whole game, Mm -hmm. which is like 128 gigabytes, and then reinstalled it, which Mm -hmm. took like two hours. And then it still didn't work. It still wouldn't lower the save. The takeout food, you got cold by now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everything's it. cold. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Uh, the whole night's gone. Uh, my crisps have been devoured already. <laughs> and then I just started playing a new game, not uh, with the intention of restarting it, because I was going to put this game down forever. Right. Had it broken completely. But I just thought, let's get to this first meditation point, make a manual save there and see how we go. And I think that's what saved it, because okay. I did that, and I reloaded the save, and then it let me in. And I was like, why? 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 Why, 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 why that and why, not why, the five why. other ones? Big whys, you know, I mm-hmm. just didn't understand what was going on there. Still don't know necessarily what fixed it, mm-hmm. but that almost soured me on this potential five-star game, and it's such a shame that the game has those issues because I want to come out and say this is a five-star experience. It's a must-buy. Mm. It's worth the £70, which I didn't expect it to be because okay, it's so okay. rich with content, mm-hmm. but I can't say that because it has these issues that still aren't patched. That's definitely the thing that is making me, like I said, I've been playing infinitely Tears of the Kingdom. I haven't left, I haven't played any anything else in like a week and a bit. I've been a little bit of dredge when I've been on the train. Yeah. Um, but still, 
I hate the way this game moves. Like, I went back and after they patched it, and it's Kill just me. it's just so... Like, the quality mode is obviously beautiful, but then you have to have, deal with 30 FPS. And that is more solid, but it still feels like it's dipping when you're in combat. And then performance right. is smoother overall, but you're losing so much background detail, and you can see it. Like, you can see the trees de-res when you switch between them. Yeah. It's a living hell. I'm going to say something right now. Do the it. performance mode on this game, at least on PS5, is dog. It's not right. worth the trade-off. Mm. Like, yeah, you get it. It's, it's, it's a little bit faster, a little bit more responsive, but I, I finally experimented with it over the weekend on mm-hmm. some tough uh, boss fights that I just kind of wanted a bit more responsiveness yeah, for. Yeah. And I didn't find it that much of an improvement in terms of the game feel. Oh. Like, go, even going back to quality mode immediately after, of course, you can see the difference. Mm. But I prefer quality mode because I think it's the nice balance of the kind of the lush next-gen visuals mm-hmm. and still fairly responsive combat because you're absolutely right. Like, the resolution just tanks. The game looks kind of muddy and yeah, blurry exactly. when you're playing on performance mode. And I that's, just, I that's, hate that's a shame because the game plays so well. Yeah, it? we've talked about loads, the whole frame rate debate and everything. And I, I, I've i switched over. Like, now that I experience 16 loads of stuff, um, I can't talk about Zelda stuff, but, like, <laughs> in general, when I'm starting experiencing games that run really well, um, it's just that thing of, like, it just needs that consistent frame rate. I don't yeah. mind if you dip. Well, sorry, I don't mind it being a 30 as long as it's completely solid. And you can feel it in Survivor dipping, and I can feel it in combat, and it, it takes it, it takes me out of it. And I'm just like, I feel like I can see the the frames hitching. I just there's something about it where I'm just like, this feels horrible. It's fascinating that because mm. I've not had that experience <laughs> at all. Maybe I've just been lucky, but in in actual combat, like the frames, the the frame rate has mm. been. Solid, like right, okay. it's, it's only been a, like I said around those like kind of pools of water or in cutscenes, but so in random. the 98 percent of the time, it's just in regular gameplay. Mm. I've actually had a rock solid frame rate oh. in thirty in um, quality mode, which has been a lifesaver because yeah, I would be with you. I would not be playing this game if the combat hitched in any way significantly. That's exactly where I am, and I'm sort of like I know they patched it. They've committed to more patches in the coming weeks, and I'm like, do I just sleep on this for a couple of weeks mm. and like go play more Dredge or something? Like, it's just a weird feel to a game um, and I'm, I'm waiting for it to kind of get a bit uh, clearer now that I've got my time back a little bit um, and so it's one of those things where I keep hearing nothing but praise and um, I want to just love it and there are uh, definitely been pockets of it so far we had like effusive praise last week and um, the opening's awesome like there are parts of it that are brilliant but for me I'm always fighting the it doesn't feel just right I just put it to the back of my mind so I can keep playing Yeah. Um, but then they patched it and I thought that would fix it and it didn't and so now every time I go on it I'm just kind of like oh it just doesn't feel right and I'm oh, just man. like now that they've said they're doing more patches I kind of need them to do like a final patch statement and be like it's good now go we've done it it's hilarious then I'll deal with whatever it is in, like for, for me it's like one of the best feeling games I've played this year which is just <laughs> hilarious isn't it like I maybe I've not encountered the same issues that you have maybe it's because because I just stuck to quality mode for the mm. vast majority of it. Or maybe I've, maybe I've just got very lucky, but it's 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 played well for me, and I mm-hmm. would encourage going back to it. They mm-hmm. might have fixed it since. They might be a little bit more stable if you try it in quality mode and don't go. For well, I always jump between the two, and it's like <laughs> okay. it's a weird thing because like we talked about this last week about like it does prioritize responsiveness above all, which is what I want. Like you want the game to respond to you and cut off certain animations to let you do different things. And I said a weird thing where when I was jumping between uh, graphics modes, that was kind of compounded by like you know jumping around the Kobo area and like doing front flips going into a wall animation, jumping back out of it again, going into some combat. Yeah, the combat feels great, but it's just, it's just the frame rate knitting it all together where it was like, this just feels janky. This ah. just feels like unpolished kind of thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, ah. 
<laughs> not to wound the man, but I mean, at this point, because it's been a good few days, um, I'm going to go back to it. I'll see what it's like. Maybe it'll be completely fine. But you know, when you're in that weird headspace of, I mean, for me, it's paralyzing trying to pick between those two modes. I hate it. I hate that we have to do it. And then like, I go between the two and I'm like, oh, but I guess the other one was better for this. Right. I get, is it, does it feel smoother? Is that just me? Like, I hate all that stuff. I, I totally get it as well. I got that for Resident Evil 4. Mm. Like I had a major kind of option paralysis at the beginning of that game where, you know, we've said we're flicking through the frame rate mode versus the resolution mode, ray mm-hmm. tracing on versus ray tracing off, hair strands on versus hair strands off. <laughs> and it was a bit nightmare-ish mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like I was getting the best or at least a stable experience on whatever I chose. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, like I said, with the exception of those um, very specific hiccups, overall I've managed to have a really good and solid time on quality mode on Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. But even saying that, you know, that's not me necessarily wholeheartedly defending the game because it's... Sh- it, it's it's shipped with more than one mode yes. and all of those modes should be playable and fully optimized. Yeah. The fact is they're not and you can get a good experience but, you know, it, everyone is totally in their rights if they say that's not good enough because it's kind of not good enough for a AAA game like this. Yeah, and it's it's doubly annoying or just sad when it's just like everything is so good otherwise. Like the game, the game's direction is great. I love Carl, I love the world. Like it, everything's, we talked so much about, about it last week. The combat is so satisfying, like you said. It feels great when Dude. it works, but for <sighs> me, there's always a part of me that I'm fighting, but it is really good. I think you're going to love it. As someone who loves um, movement system in games mm. and like the ability to essentially kind of like get through combat encounters in the coolest and most kind of player-driven ways possible. This kind of has that across the board and the amount of movement options it gives you by the end of the game Mm. are kind of crazy. Like, I didn't really like the platforming in the first game. I thought it dragged it down a little bit, was a little bit too slow, was Mm -hmm. a little bit too too rote. But the mechanics that this game adds to the mechanics that you already got in the first title Mm -hmm. uh, are incredible. Like, it's it's as fun to platform in this game, I think, as it is to fight now, finally, because it just feels so cool. It feels so kinetic. has such momentum behind Mm -hmm it and I, I didn't expect that going into it. I thought they might have even <laughs> minimized that element right. because maybe they I don't know maybe I thought we're getting away from that kind of uncharted style scripted climbing mm. sequence or the God of War style scripted climbing sequence but here they're going no we're just properly turning this into a platformer now and he is like your Mario style um, power You know you're speaking my language now I know. Mario style there's, there's one bit that's like a major like platforming set piece where you unlock a new ability for the first time and I thought of you I thought Scott (laughs) I think might love this the fact that this is in the game okay that's cool because yeah I I know that there's quality there like everyone is praising this game no one's had a bad word to say about it apart from the technical side of it but I think I'm going to boot it back up go on the quality mode and just as soon as I move Cal I'll move him in quality mode and I'll just force my brain to accept that um, and just hopefully it'll be fine I think you know I I don't know the inside of your brain Scott Taylor Mm. but I think if you boot it up and go straight into quality mode that's without, what I'm hoping, yeah, yeah. Without, without jumping between turn the them. old usage sharing off it, yeah turn, oh yeah turn usage <laughs> sharing off straight away and then yeah you, hopefully you'll have a better time yeah if not I'll it. be back on dredge my little tugboat <laughs> yeah, dredging up the depths Next up, we should talk about the specifics of the Sony showcase that is coming soon. Welcome, everybody, to the video version of this. This is from the What Culture Gaming Podcast feed, the wind-up that me and Josh do every Monday. It's a lovely little it's show. It's a lovely little show. Please go subscribe to the What Culture Gaming Podcast feed where you can get a selection of podcasts every week and little select chunks we will put on in video form. Um, so, yeah, we're going to break down um, the upcoming PlayStation showcase, which is yet to be officially revealed. However, it's doing the rounds in all the rumor circles, and the more people keep talking about it, it seems like there'll be an official announcement very soon, which 
if you keep up with the video uh, side of things, you follow us along on the news, every time we do a news video about something that's rumored, it tends to break as we're talking about it. So chances are there's probably an official statement out there by now. Anyway, um, so yeah, the few different mentions of this, Jeff Grubb over at uh, Giant Bomb, he's also got the... Uh, He's also got the Jeff Grubb Games Mess podcast. Yeah, he does. Saying that the showcase will happen at the latest by May 25th. Um, the last PlayStation showcase you found or you looked into was September 2021. Blew my mind that, Ridiculous. by the way. Obviously, state of plays since then, but the last major PlayStation showcase, build as a showcase, September 2021. <laughs> Crazy. So, the, yeah, they have loads of different uh, things to catch up on. Um, we also had a regular leaker, Tom Henderson, saying that so far he knows nothing about what's coming. That makes it really, really exciting. Um, but if you start going, you know, looking a little bit wider, there are various rumors that have been doing the rounds the last few months that make sense if you wanted to turn the eyes of the world in your direction and um, you would cover the likes of the things that we're going to get into so um, we'll break these things down the first one is the new Sony handheld it doesn't have a name yet <laughs> um, but I put this at the top because I feel like if they want to just go hey we recognize the switch is a thing um, there's apparently a new Sony handheld coming this was reported by Tom Henderson over on Insider Gaming um, apparently though it's remote play only it seems like it's made for households and not on the go which I think is a ludicrous misstep yeah I also agree with you here you know I, you know, the Switch famously won me round to the idea mm. of handhelds. I was never a handheld fan before the Switch hybridized the entire approach mm-hmm. to being a docked console or being something you can play on the go. Mm-hmm. And that got me excited about the potential for Sony to revitalize their Vita section and release <laughs> maybe a Vita 2 that yes, has I wish. the amazing functionality that the Vita had, but actually appealed to people, and mm. people wanted, would want to buy it, maybe with Sony's newfound, you know, not not newfound, but kind of re-emergence on top again after yeah. the PS3 era and, like, the early days of the PS4. Now that they have all of these games that people want to play, why not give them the option to play that on a dedicated handheld? Mm. So when this news was kind of first doing the rounds, I got really excited, and then, like you said, it's apparently, like, a cloud-based thing or, a, <sighs> you know, some kind of remote play-style thing, which is cool to have, but it's not the return to the handheld space that we want, I don't think, necessarily. The thing with me, because I love the PlayStation Vita, and anyone who has a Vita knows that that was one of the most overlooked systems in PlayStation history, or in console history by itself, and Sony very much shot themselves in the foot right at the end of that system's, you know, reveal by saying that it had a separate um, storage, you had to buy PlayStation first-party storage memory cards, and that was very much one of the main things that killed it off. I think that the landscape is a lot more open to handheld first-party games now, like the idea of console games on the go, so them doing this makes so much sense, but then they've kind of had handicap themselves again by just saying like actually it's well in theory the report so far is just saying that it'll be remote play only maybe that's just not the case when we get the official announcement but maybe not I don't know I suppose it would it would make sense it would be consistent with what they've done before you know Mm. they kind of made a push for remote play in the PS4 era Mm. and that was well received enough it wasn't this mass adoption thing but it was a nice option to have and I think that's kind of it's going to come down to their messaging and their marketing how are they going to convey what this thing is are they going to try to sell it as a proper handheld, or are you going to try to sell it as just a, a nice option for players who kind of want to take their PS5 games remote? Because mm. correct me if I'm wrong, but Xbox already has a similar system to They let you stream that. stuff. I mean, yeah, Simtent kind of similar thing the PlayStation has. Like, you can get your Android phone, get whatever, and go play in bed with a sort of a attached device. Like, yeah, Xbox has been all over that stuff in terms of uh, the various different systems you can bolt onto a, a phone. Yeah, maybe there's, like, big numbers there, and they're just thinking, hey, if we just give people a specific first-party alternative to having to faff with controller options for a phone that maybe there's a whole market there that I just don't know about there's <laughs> a whole bunch of people playing first party PlayStation or Xbox games on their phones and they would rather have a handheld device 
to connect it better. Um, we'll see, though. That's just one of the rumors that's been doing the rounds for a while. Um, the next thing down is Xbox era's Nick Baker saying that there'll be a PlayStation 3, just PlayStation 3, Metal Gear Solid 3 remake uh, as exclusive to PlayStation. And um, this has been doing the rounds for ages. Um, honestly, ever since the Pachinko version of Metal Gear came out. Yeah, a long time um, Where all the cutscenes were remade for Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, but yeah, this has been rumored quite a lot, backed up by uh, Jez Corden from Windows Central. Um, but yeah, as a, as a talking point, this is a long time coming. It absolutely is. It's kind of, it's almost a joke at this yeah. point, right? It's either going to be Metal Gear Solid original, Metal Gear Solid 3, but like you said, you know, mm. everyone's kind of pointing towards 3 because of those pachinko machines and because of other rumors that, you know, people might be back in the studio, people might be re-recording some music for it. They've already oh. got HD versions of the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Everything is kind of in place for them to kind of put their hands together and just release it. <laughs> David Brando. But, yeah. you know, I think it's interesting if it is true. Like, obviously, Metal Gear Solid 3 is the start of the timeline, yes. you know, canonically in terms of every major story in that series. But it's an interesting one to kind of start with if you're going to go about remaking those games. Yes, it, I, that's the weird thing is like, why would you start with Metal Gear Solid 3? To some degree, it's the fan favorite, but it's like, if you're, if you've only ever heard of Metal Gear, what's the big deal with this franchise? And you, and you gave someone Metal Gear Solid 3 as their first one, they would get it. They would yeah. get why it's so over the top, and it is this East meets West, meets West anime infused approach to action movies. Um, but the story in three, I mean, that retroactively would spoil all the stuff in two, like all the stuff with the Patriots and where they started. And yes, like because at the time, obviously two, then three, it was filling out the history of them. I just think three is a weird starting point, but. Maybe they have data on this that we don't know. I mean, like you said, I think it is a fan favorite, so I'm Mm. sure there is data, and I will absolutely buy it. It's just always a question with Metal Gear of, you know, how do you kind of onboard, for lack of a better term, (laughs) a new audience into the the franchise? Like, Mm -hmm. where do you start? Uh, For me, MGS1 has always been the most ripe for a remake because I love the original version of that game. You know, I love its atmosphere. I love its PS1-style gameplay. But obviously, kind of like Resident and Evil 2, mm. there's been such a gulf in technology since that game came out that you know you could re- reinterpret that game mm. in a bunch of different ways that make it feel like a significant overhaul and a significant remake, whereas I think with MGS3, because that kind of plays so well and still has a lot of modern trappings, even if you know parts of it are definitely dated mechanically, um, you kind of already got a great version of it that you can hold up with yeah. the MGS2, um, 3, and Peace Walker HD collection. Like Those games still are great and are very accessible today. That's the thing, right? Because for me, it was like, because overall, Konami are trying to get back in the gaming space. They have been doing various collections like the TMNT stuff. And like, they're sort of reminding people in, in I mean, there's another Konami thing to get to as well. But I feel like overall, they're sort of just nuzzling people go, we're, we're still here. We've got some things. Yeah. But I also think in that regard, you know, an idea of a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake makes financial sense, it, whatever, because they have the cutscenes already ready or the majority of them for the Pachinko machine. Also, MGS3 subsistence, I think is the only Metal Gear before four that has the 3D camera over the shoulder already prototyped, like those levels already work. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas um, one and two, obviously, you've got twin snakes, but like the, they were never really done that way. So maybe that's another thing where it's like, well, we can upscale all the textures and everything. We don't. Necess- we already know that the level meshes all work. It depends yeah. how deluxe a remake this is. I think it's. I, I, well, that's another question before mm. I jump into my next point. Like, what do you want them to do with an MGS3 remake? Do you want to see a proper Resi 2 style overhaul, or do you just want the original game? touched up uh, with HD textures that were originally in the game. Like, mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, but I don't 
mean the baggage that came with this release? Do okay. you want it to be more in the style of GTA Definitive Edition right. if that game was you know good and working, or would you want to see it more of a Resi Two style uh, project? Uh, yeah. yeah, I would take the GTA Definitive Edition right. upscale. Spyro is maybe another example of that too, where it's just Better, sort of, yeah. you take the feel and you just change the graphics. I don't necessarily need much to change about the way the MGS3 feels. Although you could you could mod you could modernize the controls and stuff, the feel of it in general. It Those games are really unique. Like if you go back to them now, like we're talking about, we're, we're right on the cusp of you know just before Resident Evil Four and it's like that sort of way before Gears of War, like games that we're experimenting with over the shoulder or like aiming aiming down sights. Like that was a that was a whole magazine article back in the day you can aim down the sights and mgs3 so yeah for me it's like it depends how much they think that stuff has aged well um for me if i'm play, replaying metal gears i know to ac- um, accept that stuff yeah and expect that stuff um but yeah i don't know i just i'm thrown off by them just doing mgs3 i just think <laughs> i just don't i don't know who's asking for that as the first one i think that's just kind of crazy i mean like, like i said i kind of get it it's, the, it's mm. the starting point in the timeline it would work in a way to introduce you to big boss and all of the backstory before you maybe yeah. jumped into one and i think more importantly perhaps and this is my wild theory that i've just thought about right now uh-huh. you know how nostalgia cycles work you yes. know like every 20 30 years or whatever in this case it's 20 mm. there's a lot of 2000s nostalgia going on right oh, now, yeah. not just in the gaming space, but across music and television and fashion, all of that stuff. Space like, Jam theme on the Diablo trailer. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, early sure. 2000s stuff is in right now. We've seen that in games mm-hmm. with, um, you know, Resident Evil 4, with other games that I just had in my brain and now have completely <laughs> Dead Space locked. is a mid-2000s Dead one. Space is a mid-2000 one. There was another great example that I've just completely blanked on. Metroid anyway, Prime Remastered? Maybe Metroid Prime Remastered. No, there was something else that was really good and it's completely gone. I promise it was a really good point. Cool. Uh, but the point is, you know, MGS3 nicely sl- slides into that mm. general era. Silent Hill 2 was the other one I was thinking there of. Uh, Silent Hill 2. Mm-hmm. But MGS3 kind of sits into that like nice PS2 era that we have a lot of fun memories for. Yes. And I wonder whether that kind of nostalgia cycle in some ways kind of um you know motivating these games to kind of get remakes now rather they than just, a few years ago or a few years down the line yeah they better not be skipping over all the 90s they I better want not. the board shorts the limp biscuit revivals i need all that stuff hey Please. i want mgs1 this is all i'm saying <laughs> i want mgs1 and i want uh, i want M- i want S- silent hill one as well. Silent Hill 1 and MGS 1. Really, it was a great game. Mm-hmm. And I want both of those games to be more accessible or remade. Yeah, please. I think if you're going to delve back into that catalogue, I think it's weird taking the reputation that that entire franchise had over time and then delving in and going, like, well, people like that one the most, like with Silent Hill yeah. and remaking too. And it's like, this doesn't necessarily work if you're actually trying to get new fans in. Because like, I guess we'll find, we'll see how well Silent Hill 2 sells or whether this would sell well. But for me, I would be immediately confused that I was joining at the wrong point, mm. um, trying to come in and trying to experience this thing that I missed out on. Well, it's funny you should say that, but Resident Evil 2 Remake sold like gangbusters, Mm. even though... While they did have the one remake. They though. did, but it was like... A while ago. It was like, yeah, like literally <laughs> 15 years previously. So I wouldn't even well, necessarily count that as part of that quote-unquote project because it plays so different. There was true. such a gulf of time mm-hmm. between them that I think they, it, to a lot of people, they would be like, well, where is Resident Evil 1? Because even if you went and bought that game you'd maybe be disappointed because it's True. not in the style of 2, 3, and 4 remake. At least they were available because they did that yeah. whole thing in like, what, was that, what the hell was that, 2015 when they remade the remake and they, yes. they put the, the GameCube one out again and it was finally available on new consoles and everything. So at least if you searched on a search bar Resident Evil on your console, at least you get that. Okay, yeah. I should start here and whatever, but you don't have that for Metal Gear. Like you might go searching for Metal Gear Solid 2 and just not be able to find it. Um, and I guess there's the HD version kind of, but yeah. whatever. Um, something else from Windows Central's Jez Corden. Um, he tweeted on May 7th that he's heard Sony landed a deal with Konami 
Tommy for Silent Hill, Metal Gear, and maybe even in Newcastlevania. This is something that has done the rounds a few times. I think we've done a video on this. Um, it just kind of pops up every now and then with various insiders. We should just talk about the the reality of if, if that's true. Like, we've got all these conversations going on with Xbox and the CMA and trying to acquire Activision Blizzard and the idea of the acquisition wars doing the rounds. Um, and then Sony are yet to make that many moves, big moves in that yeah. regard. Like, they've bought um, Bungie. They sort of bought a bunch of mobile teams. Um, but we're yet to see the, there's always the rumors of Square Enix being acquired or maybe Capcom or something. Um, and Konami, as a, we've long theorized that they would make a deal with Sony because yeah. they would do all the heavy lifting, all the dev work and everything, and Konami just get to cash the check at the end of the month. Absolutely, and I think it's a, I think it's a good deal to yeah. have. I think, you know, the difference between Microsoft and uh, Sony, and I've said this before, and it's not necessarily a novel thought, but mm. Microsoft come in with the big books, like you said, by publishers and developers outright. Mm -hmm. Whereas Sony, until recently anyway, more likely to make a deal with a publisher. They're more likely to make a deal with Square Enix to get mm. Final Fantasy uh, 16 on their platform and Final Fantasy 7 Remake on their platform. They're more likely to go to Konami and say, can we cut a deal mm. where we don't take you over anything? We might not even take development in-house necessarily, but we'll cut a deal and all of your games are now exclusive to us. We know you kind of like the money. Do you want the money? <laughs> do you want some money? You don't have to do much at all. We'll yeah. take control. We'll, uh, you know, use our good reputation to re-bolster your failing franchises that aren't doing necessarily well mm -hmm. under your soul. Um, oversight. I just think it, it it makes sense from a business thing. It made sense when it first um you know broke the other year. Mm. Uh, it's 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 kind of been surprising that it's a rumor that's kind of come and gone, and it seems to be back um on the on the on the pile. I suppose. Do you remember when Bluepoint did that really weird cryptic tweet where they seemed to hint at about five things at once? Yeah. Maybe this has been in the works since then, and they are actually gonna be the first party remake studio or the first party. Because it's always that thing where they did Shadow of the Colossus. They are known for these big deluxe remakes. Um, but we never really saw what that... I mean, they did Demon Souls. I just It was one of those things where it felt like there were more references in that tweet than what we actually got. Yeah. And I just wonder if they've had some sort of top-end meeting of like, you guys, you're the guys that we give the IPs to and you revitalize them or you remake classic installments. If they remake Symphony of the Night, Ooh. or if they... Re I'm trying to think of a big... Symphony of the Night, I don't know if that would lend itself very well to a AAA 2023 style thing because mm. it's fundamentally side scrolling. But if they do something that has that kind of stature and then it's on Sony it's on PlayStation to get it right yeah. and that bolsters Konami's reputation and everything I could totally Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Cool, you see that happening. Well, the I think the rumor for a while was that Blue Point might be doing the MGS original yeah. um, remake, but I don't. I think that's a little bit rocky right now, and it's mm. been three years, like you said, since they launched Demon Souls. So mm-hmm. they've definitely got something. It's been three years since Demon right Souls. Now. At the end of this year, it'll be three years since Demon Souls. Sickening. I know how time goes. How time flies. <laughs> should how I time say? slaps you in the how face. How time, you know, <laughs> picks you up, throws you against three the years, wall, son. and knocks you out. Uh, what was I saying? Something about Demon Souls. Blue Point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think the big question is, are they going to team up with Konami and do something in the Metal Gear world or in the mm. Castlevania world or Silent Hill or whatever? Just or do a Netflix one. Here's the thing. Go on. Or will Sony look at the success of Demon's Souls and how mm. well that was received and say, well, we've got this other um, game we co-made with From Software called Bloodborne that you Ooh. might want to remake after you've just, you know, taken on Demon's Souls. You've got the you've got the caliber, you've got yeah. the quality. We've got this beloved IP we've done nothing with for like <laughs> eight years now. Can you please do something with this, please? Make talk it, about make it move. You're like oh, like the most open goal they've had for years, like you said. The kind of thing that they could just drop and say, hey, by the way, it's available now, that would send ructions across social media. That is so obvious to do when it's been September 2021 since their last showcase. Yes. They need eyeballs to take notice of what's happening for the rest of the year. Just do the Bloodborne yeah, remake. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not saying this, oh, is, this is something nice that anyone should do, but Elden Ring just sold all the copies in the world. And if I was Sony, I'd want to leech a little bit off that and be like... From the makers of Elden yeah, Ring? Yeah, from the makers of Elden Ring. We've got this PlayStation exclusive <laughs> that a lot of people like. It kind of plays like Elden Ring in a way. Just and we've got, got a lovely remake of it. All I'm saying is this is a company that is currently remaking Horizon Zero Dawn. And if they remake Horizon Zero Dawn... Why wouldn't they do Bloodborne? We are in this weird era of remakes where even if a game is less than 10 years old, it's going to get remade and be announced. And again, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I can see them doing it because there's money to be made. 
uh, and there's a is a positive fan response um, if they do do it. I for one completely forgot they were re- remaking Zero Dawn. I, I like to push you. Live that brain. trauma yet again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I guess we are going to get that again. Uh, Jez Corden also mentioned in his uh, tweet thread about various things that might uh, may or may not happen. Um, just a little little tease there. Just saying, if you're a Capcom fan or a Dead Rising fan, um, keep an eye on things going forward. Now we don't know if that refers to the Sony conference or refers to other things. But again, something we're talking about: Dead Rising as a franchise, as an IP. Um, there was an attempt was made to reframe the tone of that series in Dead Rising 4. Massively tanked, completely bombed. They did have a Dead Rising 5 in production, which leaked, I think, last year. Yes. And um, people got to see what that was going to be like. Um, do you care about Dead Rising in 2023? I do. I Good, really okay. do. I saw people in the comments to this announcement, maybe on the Gaming Leaks Reddit, mm-hmm. saying, like, remake. And again, I know we're talking a lot about remakes, but remake Dead Island, Dead, Dead, Dead Rising, Rising. One because Dead Rising One is still so good; it holds up so yeah. well. It's a great game, a unique game with interesting mechanics that the franchise kind of, you know, just binned off as it went along <laughs> to try and get a bigger mainstream audience. But mm-hmm. I, I have a soft spot for Dead Rising, and um, I've, I've just a bunch of the games I've not even played. I didn't touch four myself, right, right. Um, but I, I have a fondness for it, and I would like to see it come back, but only if it can be done right, and if it's not just going to be another bland open world zombie kill fest, which is <laughs> what people called the first game, but it was way more than that. It had way more to it mechanically. Yeah. It was more of a survival horror game mm-hmm. in terms of its mechanics, even though its tone was very much uh, a goof, a goof off. A big old goof. Between Frank West and the psychopaths, as they were known. Yes. But I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm fond of it, and I want it done right, whether that's on Xbox or whether that's on PlayStation. I have by far the fondest memories of Dead Rising 1. Yeah. Um, like you said, that game is, is so overlooked for what it actually was. Like you said, it gets referred to as this, this almost like a moose game where it's like a dynasty warriors where you're just taking out loads of zombies all at once yeah but it had way more threat to it than that you did get used to being there but yeah you had all the timers and all the idea of managing your days and like trying to save people and yeah dude maybe do that again come on, come maybe on guys remember well, what the uh, the core of the ip here's the thing do it capcom has kind of been on a roll yes. for a little while now you know we would talk about resident evil there with the exception of maybe resi 3 which even then wasn't that bad uh, they've nope. kind of had success after success you know devil may cry is in a really good place monster hunter is in an exceptional place and mm. um, no dino crisis though well yes. exo primal yes what's that but dead, dead, I keep calling it Dead Island. Dead <laughs> Rising. Yes. Um, why not, you know, modern Capcom take that title and do it well. Don't mm. give us the Resi 6 version of that franchise. Give us the Resi 2 version of that franchise. You kind of already have the tech from the RE2, 3, and 4 remakes. Use the RE engine. Get a little, 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 little gore going there. You, could, like uh, you could blow I, some limbs off. I like the sweet nothings you're whispering yeah, to me right yeah. now. That's what I'm saying. And um, so um, we also have, this is just uh, in a wider sense, um, there's a new AAA project that's already in motion. It was reported on last October um, by VGC, by Video Games Chronicle um, in 2022, um, from a combination of staff from Naughty Dog and also from Visual Arts. This is just a way of saying that there might be a brand new IP um, alongside all the remakes, alongside all the expected stuff. Um, it's a weird thing because I feel like we just talked about a bunch of remakes and that idea of, like you said, it's not like you only want remakes, but I feel like that's the thing. I need the new stuff. I feel yeah. like when the PS5 was announced, we got so many games that were announced, um, even if they were just teaser trailers or whatever that we haven't heard from. That game that looked a bit like Death Stranding, the one with the little astronaut and the little oh, girl. Pragmata, I yes, think that was Pragmata. called. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, what happened to that? Stuff like that, where they sort of said, like, new IPs, guys, that's the future. And then we've had a remake generation so far. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, or like an iterative sequel so far. So I, I'm curious if there's something that was built from the ground up for the PlayStation 5, take full advantage of the SSD, and you had full creative, there's no creative 
limits, what do the staff from Naughty Dog and Visual Arts come up with? Yes. I really want to see that. That's the exciting thing because when I was, you know, thinking about this showcase and what Sony might have to mm. show, I love a lot of the stuff that's probably on the docket, all the remakes we've talked about mm. there, you know, sequels to Ghost of Tsushima. We've obviously got Spider-Man 2. We've got Wolverine Oh, we're going to run down Josh Brown. Oh, we're going to run down. Josh well, Brown's games that might be there. <laughs> Josh Brown's games that might we've be there. We've got notes for days. Those are just some of the sequels that mm. are that almost certainly going to be there and some of the surprises that might happen all seem to be based around sequels but like you said you know and mm. um, last year was so spectacular because it was so full of new ip or returning franchises rebooted in an interesting way like god of war mm. whereas this time we kind of know what the stuff is going to be that doesn't make it any less exciting but mm. you kind of want to see what the ps5's flagship new ip is going to be and more importantly who's that going to come from we yes. know the uh, days gone studio and um, sony bend is working on a new ip we mm. know naughty dog probably has a new ip in development somewhere whether that comes out before the next last of us or whatever is <laughs> is, is is unknown at the moment mm. but it's like could this game between Visual Arts, Naughty Dog, and this new studio, could that be one of the defining games of the PS5? It's way too early to tell, but I want at least the hype of that. You that, that might be possible. that we're three years in does kind of compound that you don't have that many games that you need a PS5 to play. And I'm a broken record with that sentiment, but I still want stuff that I can just hold up in a genuine positive sense and go, you need to play this. You need to see this. Um, not that they don't exist at all. You ever played Returnal? Returnal is what I'm holding right now. It's not, it's not, I don't need, it's not Returnal, it's not Returnal. Returnal's all right. Returnal's all right. It's not what I want. Um, speaking of new things, though, um, the next Bungie IP, this was trademarked years ago, way before the acquisition. Uh, Sony acquired Bungie in January 2022. Um, but they registered a trademark for um, the name Matter, and there was a piece of artwork that came alongside it. So it seemed like they had an idea in motion for whatever the next IP was going to be from Bungie, uh, their next, you know, their first IP since Destiny. Um, and like we said, they got acquired by Sony, so it would make sense to then, even if it's only at the teaser stage, to be like, hey, the next game from the creators of Destiny. Like, as rocky as Destiny 1 was, um, and as weird as that trajectory of that IP was, Destiny, and especially Destiny 2, um, are just insanely popular, yeah. massively influential, even though Destiny 1 did land in a state. Um, I feel like everybody is still, like Suicide Squad, trying to make a four-person co-op looter shooter. Um, and you kind of hope that they move on from that, and matter isn't another Destiny. Like, I don't know what Bungie do, no. but um, Bungie makes some of the most satisfying gameplay in the game. They do. And I want to know what that is. I think they're one of the most interesting teams that we're talking about mm. today because I always forget that Sony even bought Bungie because right. their relationship since that purchase has been so strange for yeah. acquisitions or at least in terms of how gaming acquisitions have gone down previously because it seems like from everything that Sony has talked about, their acquisition of Bungie wasn't necessarily even for games. It was for mm. the live... It was for the netcode or something? Yeah, yeah. the netcode, like the, their live service expertise to help them create other games. Obviously, mm. there are going to be some titles for Sony machines in there somewhere down the line, mm. but it's just been a strange acquisition to the point where they almost feel still like their own independent studio. Yeah. And I wonder whether Sony kind of like comes out for this showcase and kind of pushes their relationship a little bit harder to kind of, you know, say, oh, no, 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 don't forget. We actually own Bungie and they have all of these games coming or at least a couple UIP and mm -hmm. like they're, you can buy a PlayStation 5 now. And what if? you get that. Because like you said, they did acquire them for the netcode. There was a whole conversation around Sony pushing more into mobile. A few of the studios they bought, Firesprite, I think, they're all mobile yeah. teams. 
there might be a segment of the showcase that is just, and here's all the mobile games. Here's, and then maybe Bungie oversee that, brought to you by Bungie or something. I've been so, I've been so starved for classic, <clears throat> you know, gaming showcases. Mm. I'd take a bit of that. I would. <laughs> I'm so sick of just like for the outrage. Uh, yeah, man. I'm so sick of 20 minute stay plays that leave no imprint and right. everyone forgets about as soon uh, as they're done. I want a little bit of outrage. <laughs> I want a little bit of boring slog to get through. I want them to talk for 15 minutes about the handheld. I don't you want really. Mark Cerny, damn it. I want Mark yeah. Cerny if to come back. If you say his name enough, he'll appear. And do a PowerPoint. I want stuff like that <laughs> alongside the announcements because I'm, like I said, you know, it's been so long since we've had a PlayStation showcase and it feels so long since we've had a proper E3 period where mm. the hype is sky high and now going into the showcase, going into the Microsoft one in June and going into Summer Games Fest. Mm. I just kind of want that old school feeling back of, look at all this stuff we have. You're not going to love it all, but we're at least going to give you stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would welcome that. I'm just curious what they're building because there's so much stuff going on, like I mentioned before, with the acquisitions on the Xbox side. Nintendo is still very much on their own little island. They're just they're always going to do that. And then it's always like, okay, what are Sony going to do to potentially respond to the amount of acquisitions that are happening with Xbox? Um, and they're building, you know, the mentions of, of their own acquisitions. There's mention of the mobile space. Um, they don't really seem to be caring that much about a Game Pass alternative. There was like an insider leak that Jim Ryan said they don't really consider it much of a competition to anything. So I'm kind of curious, just overall, how they, how they think the future of PlayStation should be, yeah. and whether the, they want the PlayStation logo to be associated with mobile gaming um, as much as it is first party stuff. This, this is what I'm so starved for. Again, I'll use that just hungry. Again. I'm home hungry. It is lunchtime, to be fair. For, I know, man, we did this before we got food. Can yeah. you believe it? This is why I'm rambling all over the place and thinking <laughs> of uh, crisp sandwiches. Um, no, with Sony, I think they're in like a good position right now. Yes. Obviously, they are. They've got games that are coming out this year that everyone's looking forward to. They're selling PS5s crazy amount of PS5s, you know, they're doing well. But what I worry with that kind of success is I worry about complacency. I worry about them getting to the point where they kind of feel like they don't even need a lot of fanfare because they're going to quote-unquote win anyway. What was that statistic super quick on Jedi Survivor? Like 81% or 2% of uh, uh, copies were sold on PS5? Yeah, at least in the uh, UK, the physical sales of um, Jedi Survivor, it was... 82% 82% on PlayStation 5 and, you know, what's the remaining? 18% on um, Xbox Insane. consoles. Microsoft, I want them to do well, but they kind of keep imploding. And I feel yeah. like Sony doesn't even have to fight them like they did in the early PS4 days to kind of reassert dominance because mm. they're at the top. And, but, and that's fine. And they're going to continue to succeed. And I'm not worried about the games at all, but I kind of want a little bit of spark. I want a little yeah. bit of competition. Competition is good for the industry. You Definitely. know what I mean? Like I want a strong Microsoft. I want a strong Sony and I want them battling for our attention. <laughs> I don't want Sony just to be able to be like, we can sit out an entire year, show you nothing and you're going to buy our games anyway. Yeah. Like, and we'll put the price up again. And we'll put the price up again. That's, that, that is what it is. But like I said, um, as, a, as an entitled gamer, TM. I want <laughs> um I want a bit of hype. I want yeah. a bit of something. I want a bit of razzmatazz. I want Sony to kind of wine and dine me with, these, with a bit of razzle dazzle. Wine and dine me with a showcase. At least Microsoft does that and gets me hyped. Sony mm. in the past year, I think, had big games that they could have shown off and they were just like, we'll put a state of play out or a blog post near the time and that'll be done. I don't like that way of doing things. No, I think that's very efficient, but I think that a lot of the because Nintendo Directs have a reputation for giving you something crazy, even if it's at the very end, they could do twenty five 
minutes of random indie stuff, not slagging off indie stuff, but random stuff you've not heard of. And then, hey, by the way, here's a new Tears of the Kingdom announcement or whatever it is. And I feel like um, the Sony um, state of play is rarely ever matched up to that. It was very, very rare that they said anything was available right now or they didn't end on something that really turned heads. There have been those examples. Um, but if you look at the more extended showcases, if that's not been since 2021, you would hope that this is a bigger deal. Yeah. Um, like you said, they're flying. They're way out in front, but there's still that conversation on what have you got for the rest of the year? We know Spidey's coming. Um, it'd be cool just to fill those things in. Um, yes. Yeah, that's it. I was just reiterating what you said because we know what's coming this year. I think they've got mm. enough games this year to sell the PS5. But what comes after that? <laughs> what comes after the Final Fantasies drop and Horizons dropped and God of Wars dropped and Spider-Man 2's dropped? Mm. We know we've got Wolverine, but what's the roadmap for the rest of the generation looking like? They had such a strong roadmap mm. for the second half of the generation in the PS4 era. For me, that was far and away better than the first half of the PS4 generation. Yes. And um, won them that generation for me, the amount of new IPs that they introduced, the amount of great sequels that they had. Mm. And I want to see that roadmap. I want a little glimpse of it. I want, I want a little taste of it. What if... Go on. It's Returnal 2. Oh, <laughs> baby! Oh, you talk about being wined and dined. They would just have to stop the show there. That's a full bottle. That's I'm just a, thinking... That's a full bottle. That's a full bottle, my friend. Uncorked it. With uh, Return, I mean, that game had DLC. It definitely has its fans. The people who played absolutely love it, 10 out of 10. There's enough of a fan base there, and it's been long enough. It's been like two years or whatever. There's, there's potential. If Returnal 2 is there, you don't, heard it here first. Oh, don't give me hope. Because that game, like you said, you know, it was really well received for yep. the, from the people who not played it. Not by Scott Delford. I Delphine. did play it and hated it. Carry on. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, some people who played it said it was like one of the no, best you know, games just, yeah. of the generation. Um, but it. I don't think it sold that well. Hopefully it was enough to be a success. But if it was announced, I would be extremely happy, mm. but I'm not kind of holding my breath for it because I just never know with these kind of quote-unquote <laughs> smaller Sony teams. You know, if Days Gone wasn't a huge success enough to warrant a sequel, then I don't, I don't, I, in, in this in this era of we are putting all of the money into the safest, biggest bets possible, I mm. don't know, sadly, if there is a, if there's room for Eternal 2. We'll I'll have know. to wait and see. Ah, we but will. Uh, there's, the, the tea leaves are in the right direction. Um, the next game down is Mortal Kombat 12, something that has been mentioned alongside MK's, I think it's 35th anniversary right now, maybe 30th. Either or, either or Ed Boon's been over on Twitter um, celebrating Mortal Kombat in general. Still not remaking Shaolin Monks. Oh, man, Still not putting Ed. Shaolin Monks out. Ed. He keeps doing. He did a tw- a twirl. He did a Twitter poll the other month asking what people would want to see. Shaolin monks dominated that poll, Edward, and it's still not available. I love so that, I, by the way. Why you, not? You time is a flat circle. You yeah. say the other month. I'm sure. I'm certain that was like two years ago at this point. <laughs> But still, the point remains, he should have listened to that poll and done Shaolin Monks by now. Either way, um, if you follow the insider breadcrumb trail, uh, NetherRealm used to do Mortal Kombat and then Injustice, but there was a whole bunch of shakeups happened. I forget the specific mergers that happened behind the scenes, but things got shaken around. They had to focus on Mortal Kombat 12 instead, um, and that would apparently be the case. It seems to be the case because it lines up with the anniversary month anyway. Um, I wonder about exclusivity. It's not like MKs have had PlayStation exclusivity in the past, other than like a Kratos uh, character in MK9. Yeah. But yeah, I wonder if, oh my God, old Kratos, Ooh. if you put him in MK12. Um, but yeah, that's something that they could just sort of go, hey, by the way, this game, um, it would make sense for Nelleram to hang back and, and showcase it. It's something like a PlayStation event. Absolutely. And you know, like Sony's showcases have never been just full of exclusives of mm. first party stuff. Like that's always a huge chunk of it, but they also use this to um, show off major major third-party releases. Mm. Like, they love to get the Resident Evil games, for mm. instance, at their big events. So I don't see them I don't see them not getting MK12 if they can, mm-hmm. just to have it at their co- uh, press conference and not get it exclusive or anything like that. Mm. Maybe get some 
exclusive content, but just to have it there, to have the world premiere of that mm -hmm. at, uh, you know, and, and tie their brand to a, a huge franchise that people love. I can, yeah, like, I can see that being there. Plus, like, I mean, it's been like four years since MK11. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, and all the DLC. I mean, there was a whole thing where Ed Boon and Netherrealm said that they were blown away by how successful the different character packs did. They extended all that stuff. They did a, um, a story campaign expansion as well, which I love. I mean, I love MK. It's one of my favorite franchises. Um, but I feel like you could do an MK12 and just reveal where everything's at because I'm not going to go into spoilers, but the way that MK11 ends is kind of like a fresh start for everything. Yeah. So I'm really curious what the franchise even looks like at this point. Not that it's ever been in a bad spot recently anyway, but no. MK is in a great spot. And I can see why WB, who again are another team, company, whatever, and I knew it was company, entity. I just, you know, entity, public corporation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who love safe bets and yes. have been, you know, canning a bunch of stuff that haven't been safe bets or they don't think will make them all of the money. So I can see them saying, yes, give us another Mortal Kombat because we've got the movie franchise, which is doing well. Mm -hmm. They've just announced, or oh, it's been rumored that they've cast, you know, lead roles for the oh, new yeah. film, Caleb, and apparently is Johnny Cage, if rumors to be uh, to be believed. The first movie was a success. Yes. MK11, of course, like you said, was a huge, massive mm -hmm. success. Uh, so why not keep that ball rolling in their eyes with, How a, with a new game? insane is it that Carl Urban apparently is going to be Johnny? I would. I love Carl Urban. I love the boys. I love everything Carl Urban's done. I love Johnny Cage. Yeah. They are not the same at all. What, what if they could be? I guess he could just, be somehow. I, I don't know. I don't. I picture him more like a Ryan Reynolds type energy. Oh, I don't know. Oh, he killed us. No, no. <laughs> he could be more like more playful. I feel like maybe because I've just I've only seen Carl Urban and the Boys for like four years now, and yeah. he's like very much not Johnny Cage in that show. I'm trying to think what I've seen Carl Urban in where he plays like a funny guy. Well, that's the thing, right? And when does he ever do that? Well, he's playing it. In, he's, it's definitely something because I can I can picture okay. him like. Making jokes and being right. like arrogant. Could he have a chest tattoo that says Johnny though? Uh, maybe. That's a very specific strand of human. I don't know if he's that strand. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, this is the games and projects Josh Brown thinks will be their official list. Now we covered them a little bit. We mentioned them before, but we'll run these things down. Number one, the most obvious one is Spider Man Two. Um, that is overdue a gameplay showcase, and it's coming later this year. Um, do you think it'll be co-op? Do you think they'll show off some sort of co-op? Uh, what a question! Section. What a question! I'm just curious if that game's actually co-op or not. Mm, I don't. Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales. I know, I know. I I wonder whether we. I don't want it. I wouldn't. I don't want it. I wonder mm. though whether that'll be a post-launch thing. Maybe in the DLC mm. they'll, they'll experiment with that. I feel like they might have said if it was co-op already, but they might not because they right. might have been saving it for this to be like, look. We've got this co-op element, and here's where you can pre-order the game, and here's a big mm. gameplay showcase. It's coming out in September. Enjoy. I kind of, I just, the, the co-op thing obviously started as, like, just a general, okay, you have two main characters. Assumedly, it'll be co-op or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I wonder how they frame that game. There's so many story threads that we want to pick up on from the main game. There's all the stuff with Venom. There's loads of things going on. Um, with the way that they've sort of um, set out their table for their version of the IP. Yeah. Just one of them. And uh, I wanted to see what they're doing next regardless. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of hope there's not a, a forced quote-unquote or like a, um, a co-op component that you should see. Yeah, I think um, after Gotham Knights and after the Suicide Squad mm -hmm. reception uh, to that game's recent gameplay demo, mm -hmm. um, I don't want any forced co-op, but I'm Ew. not against co-op in theory because it could be really cool to swing around the city together oh, as two different Spider-Man. Yeah, if you were fighting some dudes and you didn't, you just had to leave like a setting on, whereas yeah. like matchmaking is on or something, and I can literally swing in to help you. 
He's doing a little face. No, he's not. No, like I, I, like I thought I'd like that. Ah, when you said that out loud, it makes it feel like an online game when you do that. Yeah. And I also kind of don't. I would also that. turn all the thing that I just told you to leave on. I would turn that. Yeah. Off, just <laughs> yeah. in case some random person comes in, um, turn all those things off. And uh, next thing down is the Last of Us factions, and this is the actually this is fascinating because the more Naughty Dog have talked about it, alongside the various leaks for it, um, said that it is it works as a dedicated single player game. Yeah. But they're also building it like the multiplayer add on to the Last of Us Two. Um, obviously, Last of Us factions the Factions mode was in the original Last of Us, so we know that it's the Last of Us multiplayer overall. But I'm curious whether this works as the next Last of Us as well. I don't know, man. This is the thing. Mm. This is why it's so fascinating, because obviously it's grown into this bigger project at this point. It's been three years again. I keep going back to that number. Three years since The Last of Us Part yeah, 2 man. came out. So they've had time to work on this. We've had a few teasers here here and there. We've seen some concept art. Mm. We've got those quotes that you went- mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be ambitious, and I hope it's going to succeed. But I'm very trepidatious, because it almost feels like this is Sony's first and dipping of their toes into the live service <laughs> pool, at least from a first-party yeah. perspective. And you know, you got a franchise with the caliber of The Last of Us, a dev with the caliber of uh, Naughty Dog. And I would like to think they can blend single-player and multiplayer, but mm. we've seen so many attempts at that that haven't quite I don't know how worked. you do that. I don't know how you do it in a way that satisfies both audiences. Yeah. But you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I, I hope this uh, showcase is where we finally see more. If they can do some sort of gameplay mode that is a bit like the Division's, um, what was that middle bit in the Division in the, the sea? Dark Zone. Dark Zone, I think. Um, where you genuinely felt quite scared of other players when you were there because they could just down you in a couple of hits. And you were like, everything was radial audio. So maybe you were hiding and you heard people walk past you or run past you and you had to sneak around everybody. If they can do something like that um, alongside the Team Deathmatch stuff, I would take that. Well, here's the thing, right? Uh, I know you hate me for this, maybe. <laughs> deep down in your bones I but do. um I want this game to be a battle royale game. I want it <laughs> to be an extraction game, a blend the two. Like I, for me, man, like I loved um, factions. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely called factions, right? The multiplayer suite in Last yeah, of Us. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that for yeah. now. Uh, the multiplayer suite in The Last of Us One, I, mm. I bloody loved, but that was that was kind of like team deathmatch based. There were some objective modes, of course, and there was the meta framing of you have this camp that you need to save, but. I just think this world makes so much sense to be mm. melded with the genre of Battle Royale or something like Tarkov or whatever, where you're kind of in a zone. There's a lot of other people. Maybe you have to complete objectives within that zone, but it's got this PvP VE element in mm-hmm. a big map. I just think that's that that, that just sits right with me. It makes <laughs> it, it to me that's more exciting than just a, a big team death. Match. Yeah, I think it's a, it's for the thing with The Last of Us is the more you gamify it, the more you take away from quote unquote what The Last of Us is because it's so cinematic, it's so considered, it's so well paced, and it's so beautifully acted and, and everything else. That if you start bringing in all these rules of like go get the bag or go get the flag or go like yeah. whatever, like multiple players are trying to do this thing, I wonder if that just feels weird. Well, I, th- I think they can contextualize it within the world of The Last yeah. of Us quite well. You know, I think they did that with the with the first game mm. to a certain extent True. where you were going out and you were kind of collecting resources within each round mm-hmm. and you were bringing them back to your camp. If they make that camp a physical thing that you're actually upgrading mm. and that you actually are invested in uh, tangibly rather than just seeing it through text mm. and, in, you know, concept art, mm-hmm. like I think that can incentivize different types of play within the matches themselves that make narrative sense because, you know, you're you're out surviving, you're out mm-hmm. scavenging, you're bringing that stuff back to build up your community if that's what the game is. I think that's a cool element that I personally 
would dig a lot. I, I'm just so yeah. I'm uh, right now. I'm just curious about it. Like it's it's not your dog. I trust them implicitly. The idea that Sony have invested so much on these different multiplayer components, whether it's just weird business meetings between them and Bungie to make sure they get the netcode right or whatever it is. I'm curious what Naughty Dog do when they are trying to make a dedicated multiplayer game that yeah. kind of serves as a single player just because of how assumedly weighty thematically it'll be. I'll tell you this as well. Go on. I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but I like The Last of Us Part 2. Yes. I don't know if you guys know this. Just I like The Last of Us Part 2. Uh-huh. But what I love about The Last of Us Part 2 is the gameplay. I know people right. slag off Naughty Dog sometimes for saying, you know, the, the cinematics are great, the stories are great, but the mm. gameplay doesn't cut the mustard for me, The Last of Us Part Two is one of the best playing games, action games. Way better than Red Dead Two. Action games. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding too? in my ang- anger, but I kind of agree. You <laughs> know, it is better. It, it flows so well. It has such a sense of punch and weight. Yeah, I yeah. like just messing around in the combat encounters in that game. And mm-hmm. you, you look online, you see videos that people have put together that are so cinematic. You know, mm-hmm. you're performing all of these acrobatic moves. It's intense. It's violent. Mm-hmm. Like, Shout out to Stunny Legend. There you go. One of the best accounts you can find. I'm going to have to uh, investigate them now. Oh, so good. Um, but I just think it has the f- mechanical framework that you can apply that to a multiplayer game and mm. hopefully it would play well because that thing is uh, it's, it's pristine from a gameplay perspective and I don't think it gets enough credit for that. No, we've also not really had like a really uh, grounded, brutal third person, you know, multiplayer game. Like you get, I'm trying to think of like the most brutal, grisly multiplayer games where it really matters if you die. Mm. Something like Hell Let Loose kind of stands out. But still, I feel like there's a lot of ground for them to do a, a like, a, like you know, Battle Royale, it's meaningful if you die, you have to reset the whole thing. Like there are ways to make uh, those death matches really feel like you're in an encounter with other humans struggling to survive. Yeah. Kind of like a big uh, 3D version of um, This War of Mine or something where you're choosing to go to different places. Yeah. I'm just fan making it now, <laughs> but I feel like that would be cool. Um, we also have down here Ghost of Tsushima it is long overdue, five years since the last Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I believe what? 2018, wasn't it? What? Wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was. Half a decade ago, Josh Brown. That, that cannot be right. That came out the same year as Last of Us Part 2, didn't it? Am I completely wrong in my life? Well, if, that's a de- if that's half a Leave decade old. in the edits. I will. That was 2020. What's wrong with my brain? <laughs> that's still three years, though. Still three years. How much do I need a sandwich? Anyway, that was 2020. Um, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, I feel like they'll probably tease it then in that case. I was yeah. thinking it might just be released later this year. Ooh. No, not anymore. I don't I know, man. I would, I would love them to shadow drop Ghost mm. of Tsushima for the end of this year. What a year that would be! It's already <laughs> going to be shaping up to be a great year with the games already out, announced mm. and already out. But if they kind of get that out the door, maybe even early next year. Mm. I don't think that's entirely out of the question. That would be. Incredible. I, um, I want to see more from this franchise. Yes. I thought the first game was amazing. Um, yeah, I think it's overdue an announcement. Yeah, same. I think I wanted to get like a bit of story stuff as well. Like if you've played Ghost of Tsushima, again, no spoilers. Um, but the way that game ends, you have to pick a certain ending. And yeah. then it's like, that is always weird fodder for sequels. Because it's like, well, which one of these is going to be canon? Um, there's no way you can really get around it because it involves something that would have to be committed to to some way or the other. Um, and I'm very curious what you do for a Ghost of Tsushima 2. But like you said, it plays very well. Final game to get to is the double whammy of Final Fantasies, which I assume they'll end the um, showcase on. I think we'll get the next bit from Final Fantasy VII Part Two, which is hilarious that that's kind of overlooked right now in the yeah. shadow of its of its own franchise because Final Fantasy sixteen is dominating. There was a recent gameplay showcase of that as well. Um, quick thoughts on the old Final Fantasy. I can't wait. This is the year <laughs> I become a real Final Fantasy fan. I've been flirting around with the idea of it for the past three years or so, and I think this is the year, hopefully, if these games are good, 
where I get to commit to that Which idea. Which pixel remaster are you going to play first? Six. Good, that's yeah. the best one. You've influenced me. What can yeah. I say? Scott Tilvin, hashtag influencer. <laughs> no, I think um, with Final Fantasy 16, they're obviously going to show it because that is a console exclusive. Mm. So it's one of their, it's their next big game, in fact. True. So they will show it, but I don't think they'll show it necessarily extensively because like you mentioned there, mm. they've already got a massive gameplay um, demo that recently went up that was really well received. Mm. Whereas Final Fantasy 7 Part 2, um, we don't really know anything about how that game plays at the moment no, we saw that yet. first cinematic trailer but there's so much of that that is up in the air and apparently that's coming out at the end of the year so now is the time to show it off I think I yeah I think you kind of play K fans with a Final Fantasy 16 like update or something you do some sort of thing hey this by the way this is also a PlayStation yeah. and then maybe you end on a 7 like a, a more story stuff for uh, remake part 2 because the bits that we've got so far they have to kind of play with all the weird timey wimey madness that's going on with that remake but anyway that's everything for the upcoming showcase which is I guarantee it's been revealed by now <laughs> I, I guarantee they've just they've said all these games will be here these games won't be here whatever invalidates our entire recording that's it I guarantee <laughs> it'll be none of the games we've talked about and they'll announce like Stray 2 <sighs> and then that's what we'll get Gears of War coming to PlayStation whatever we need uh, but yes massive thank you to everybody for listening a big old bumper podcast for y'all and we'll catch you very soon I should do the actual ending which is I'm Scott Tilford that's Josh Brown always a pleasure Scott Tilford always a pleasure to be heard by all of you and we'll catch you next week bye 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 hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.